0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. To be a better communicator, what I'm saying is, I want to bridge this gap and I want my words to be able to land with this person or this group of people that I'm communicating to. And if the words are not coming from the heart or the words that are coming from the heart have a certain tone or attitude that's gonna cause the words to be received or land differently with the person that I'm speaking to. So let's take a quick peek here at this passage from 2nd Timothy chapter 1. This will be kind of like the verse that we'll, we'll, we'll drill into this morning. St. Paul is telling Timothy, who's this young bishop, hold fast the pattern of sounds, words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Right. So St. Paul in this section, he's going to tell us there are certain things that we need to hold fast to. The first word, uh, thing that we need to hold fast to is sound words, sound words, right? The sound words are the things that we say, right? So in other words, when people say it's not what you say, but it's how you say it, I don't agree with that. I, I completely disagree with that because what we say does matter. It's not just how we say it, right? The words themselves make a difference. That's whether I'm talking theology, right? The church fathers spent months, weeks, whatever, right? Time together discussing in councils what it is that we believe about God. Why? Because the words that we express about God matter. And so that's what he's talking about here, right? Sound words. But also the words that we speak to each other, they make a difference, they matter. I can't just call someone rude or ugly with a smile on my face and think that the words that I speak don't matter, right? It's important when we're communicating that we be thoughtful about the words that we're speaking to the other person. What you say, these are the words that you choose to say, the phrasing, how you're going to put it together and the framing right how am i what is it that i'm trying to say to the person in front of me now a lot of us have this real problem of diarrhea of the mouth just and sometimes it's just explosive sorry for the imagery but that's the problem with a lot of folks they don't think before they speak and so whatever comes up they just vomit it out right the words that we say matter It's not just how we say it, but the actual words matter, right? Think about it when you're trying to, those of you who are parents, if you're trying to correct your children, the words that we speak to them, not just the tone, the words that we speak to them can either build them up or they can destroy them. And the same goes in marriage, the same goes in friendships, and the same certainly goes in our communities. So the first thing is what is it that I'm trying to say and how do I want to frame it understanding the other person? Because maybe what's going on here is there's this big gap between me and another person and because of that gap I need to put a little bit more effort into trying to figure out what it is I'm going to say to that person so that they can understand it. You're all familiar. I presume, maybe you're not, with the, the book The Five Love Languages. Okay? The Five Love Languages, it's primarily a relationship book about how people learn or receive love through different languages. One language is gifts. Uh, another language is quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, and what's the fifth one? Yes. Acts of service. I always forget that one, even though it's, it might be my first or second, but whatever. So. Those are the five love languages. And the premise of the book is that we each receive, we each have a primary love language, but my love language may not be the love language of my spouse. And so what's important is not that I say, well, this is how I receive love, this is how I'm going to offer it. No, this is how I receive love. But I want to make sure that I'm communicating to my spouse in ways that they can understand. And the same goes with our words. I may be the type of person that I don't care, just give it to me raw, give it to me dirty, give it to me quick, just hit me hard. (laughs) Let it out. And I don't mind how you let it come. But we can't assume that everyone communicates the same way. Some people, we gotta be a little bit more delicate. We gotta phrase things in such a way that they can hear it, that they can receive it, that it'll land with them, right? So the words that we speak makes a difference. That's why St. Paul is telling us here, hold fast the pattern of sound words. The words make a difference. We live at a time where words are plentiful. We live in a very wordy society. It's the information era. And so sometimes perhaps there's just constant words coming and we don't realize the value, the impact of the words. I would encourage next time you're in a conversation, this probably goes especially when it's a heated discussion, that you give yourself a moment to think about the words that you want to say to the other person, right? I'm not just talking here about marriage and family, I'm talking about community. I'm talking about friendship. If we are loose with our words, then inevitably what will happen is we will hurt or offend someone in front of us that we care deeply about and if we are not self-aware if we are not self-conscious then what we will say is well that person is just soft and weak they need to toughen up right so the words make a difference the words the phrasing the frame but it's not just the words that we say because st. Paul says hold fast the pattern the pattern this is how we articulate the truth. St. Paul saying the words that you're saying make a difference, but how you communicate it matters as well. And this is where I think it's important that we acknowledge it's not just what we say, but how we say it. The way we say things can be the difference between edification and condemnation. Put down a couple examples here. They came to mind. You can say, you need to pray more and be in the word more and feed your spirit because you've been in the flesh lately. Or you can say, isn't it powerful how being in the word and in prayer feeds your spirit and gives you victory? You guys see the difference? One says, you better do this because you are carnal. The other one says, if you do this, it will help you to overcome the flesh right? I remember growing up I was told constantly you better read the Bible you have to read the Bible. I'm like I don't tell people they gotta read the Bible anymore. I'm like the Bible is the gift that forgive me if we're not reading it we're, we're like that's crazy like what a treasure we have to read the Bible. If I stood up here every Sunday and said you better read the Bible you have to read the Bible if you don't read the Bible you're gonna go to hell you're gonna be lost you're gonna be that like That might motivate you for about 15 minutes, that might encourage you for 15 minutes. That negative kind of tone impacts us short term, but how we say things make a difference. If there's something that's beautiful, that's a treasure, and we highlight that to other people, that maybe you're excited about something, right? And you wish other people were excited about something, that same something, but instead of getting excited about it, you yell at them. How could you do this, right? Why wouldn't you read the Bible? They're gonna look at you like the crazy person, right? How we communicate matters. How we say what we say matters. It's not true that you can call someone ugly and dumb with a smile and it's okay. But when you do smile, the how, it matters. That means when you are also having an intense conversation, I would not encourage you, if you're having an argument with your spouse, that you just sit there and smile, right? How we communicate matters. If you're just smiling in their face, they're gonna think you're mocking them, right? How we communicate matters. How we say what we say makes a difference. That means if if the the nonverbal communication, the nonverbal aspect of what we're saying makes a huge, huge bit of difference. The body language, right? If I'm communicating with someone and it's an intense conversation and I'm like pumping my fists, right? That's gonna make them feel what? Scared, uncomfortable. It's gonna put them in a position where they wanna fight, right? If we start shouting and screaming, that's gonna make the other person uncomfortable as well. But if we're having a really, I think, meaningful conversation and we're looking at the person in the eyes and we're listening to them actively and we're not just nodding our heads because that's what we, but you know, like, yes, we're, have you ever, like, kind of a tangent, sort of, but have you ever been sitting with someone and you're like talking to them and you're just like your head is nodding, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and then, like at some point, they're like, uh, "Are you hearing me?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and I'm hearing you. But your mind like wandered off for about three and a half minutes, right? It's not just like being communication yet. Yeah, that, that the body language matters. Obviously, the heart, the inside, needs to match up with that, right? So not just saying, "Okay, learn these skills and do them right." Nod your head, but your heart is somewhere else, right? Thinking about. My lesson plan, I'm thinking about this deal that I've gotta finish, I'm thinking about Monday morning I gotta get back to work and my spouse won't stop or my kids keep pulling at me, right? How we communicate matters. Our eye contact uh, makes a difference. Proverbs 15 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Think about the last time and I love this, I keep coming back to this, I've said this the last two weeks, I'm gonna say it again. I really appreciated at the marriage retreat or marriage uh, conference that Maura and I attended that the speakers said, next time you're having an intense conversation and argument, whisper, whisper, right? And see how much it changes the dynamic of the conversation, right? Our tone makes a huge difference. Now, we can just say, well, that's just the way I communicate. That's just culturally who I am. That's just the way that my family's always done things. But we need to understand that how we say things impacts other people as well. Okay, so that's the second part. The third part that I think we perhaps don't think about, and I'll kind of unpack this for us, it's not just how, what we say and how we say it, but there's the third, third part. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. And what I think St. Paul's getting at here is not just what you say, it's just not, not just how you say it, but it's who you are makes a difference. Now, some of you might hear that and say, that doesn't sound very fair. That doesn't sound fair, right? Who you are, though, does make a difference, with all respect, to WebMD and our Google generation, if I'm gonna speak to someone and they're an oncologist and I have a family member who has cancer, as much as every one of us has become a medical professional, a legal expert, an interior designer, an engineer, right? I'm going to the professional because the who's saying it matters right the who you are does make a difference when we talk about who you are who you are i think has there's three a's that are there that i've put up there the first one is authority right authority authority is not just so 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 you can receive authority because you've been placed in a position or you have authority because of who you are and how you live your life. So, when St. Paul says in his letters, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ, why are they listening? Why is the church in Philippi listening? Or why is the church in Colossae listening when St. Paul says that he's in chains? Because St. Paul's saying, I'm sitting in jail right now. I've been beaten for this faith, for this encounter I had with Jesus, I met him, he changed my life, and now what I'm telling you is he is real, he is true, he has risen from the dead, and I'm paying the cost for it, for preaching that. He has authority. He has authority not because he has a title, he has authority because he's living what he's saying. And oftentimes, we have authority with others, not because we have a title or we wear a robe or because we have a certain job description. Authority comes by the way we live our lives with others, the way we interact with others, the way we treat other people. Saint Paul's authority comes from God and his response as a servant of God. Who you are also has to do with authenticity. St. Paul in Philippians 4, he says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. See, he's a real person. When he tells them that I've suffered for the name of Christ, do you think like he's, he's just talking theory? When St. Paul says that there's conflict and you guys need to come together and Christ emptied himself and took the form of a servant and then later on he talks about his own chains and how he came to them, there's a level of realness in what St. Paul is saying. I, I, I've shared this story before. There was this dad when I was in New York came and he said, my son won't listen to me. I need you to talk to my son. I said, what's going on? He said, <laughs> "He said my, my, my son uh, started smoking cigarettes. And I just looked at him and I laughed. And, and he said, why are you laughing? That's very, this is serious. I said, I'm laughing because I just crossed the street and you were just smoking a second ago. And he goes, I know, but I don't want my son to smoke. And I said, well, then, dude, you've got to quit smoking. Like, like, why is your your kid going to listen to you? There's no realness about what you're saying. Like, he goes, but it's bad for his health. And he says, clearly, he's seeing something completely different when he looks at you, right? If we want our words to land, then we've got to live them ourselves, right? Authenticity, realness, is what gives that authority. The third one, A is the word aura. It's that, that feeling or vibe that people get around you, okay? And this is kind of one of those intangible things, but we all know, like, there's some people that you just enjoy being around, right? They're, you know, maybe positive people, they're joyous people, and there's other people, no matter what they say, how they say it, like, they say the right things, they have the right posture and everything, but there's just a negative vibe around them, right? There's, like, I love this word in Arabic, sorry, the word nekad. Like, it's just like, there's some people that are just, manekadim, there's just, what is the word nekad, guys? Huh? Miserable, thank you. It just doesn't sound the same in English. It is, but it isn't, right? But there's, like, misery, and you know what it is? Misery loves company. Misery loves company. But company doesn't love misery, so company's like, I don't want to listen, I don't want to hear this, I don't, every time this person calls up, you're like, oh. It's going to be about a 45-minute conversation. And I know they're just going to be venting and they're going to be frustrated. and They're going to be probably shouting. I'm going to have to put the phone all the way down and hold it about three feet out. But you don't want it too far out because you need to make sure that you're able to still hear what they're saying, right? You just kind of put it down and you put it on speaker and you walk around and do your thing, right? It's that or it's that vibe, right? It's not just what you say. It's how you say it and it's who you are, Right? And if we want our words to land with others, then we need to make sure that all three of these we're paying attention to. You can spend weeks coming up with, I'm gonna have this conversation with my supervisor. And you're gonna write out a script. And you might have all of the right tonality and body language, but your boss might run when they see you coming. And I, what I want to say is the who you are peace that takes time to build, right? You might look and say, man, I have been that person. I've been that guy. And I want to shift that. And the way that we shift that, I truly believe is not an us working, but it's an us entering deeper into relationship with Christ. Because there is something that is beautiful and contagious about the joy of Christ in a person's life. Such a vibe, such a spirit is something that we all, like, there's a person that I'm thinking about, I love being around this person because they are so full of joy all the time. Even when they're going through stuff, even when they're going through hardships, like, they're like, yeah, but you know, like, it's just the vibe, the way that they approach life, the way that they outlook, the way, it's, it's different. What I say, how I say it, who I am. All right, let's wrap up here. So this is just a reminder that we wanna aim to use grace-based communication with one another, with our kids, with our spouses, with our friends, within community. Grace-based communication, there's five aspects. The first aspect is that we speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in love, right? We put away lying, we speak truth with our neighbor, The second one is that we speak words that are affirming. We're not trying to destroy, we're trying to edify to build up. The third is our words can be affection. I know like in Middle Eastern culture, we use so much sarcasm, which I'm guilty as charged, I know. But like our words can be affectionate as well. Like it's so nice when someone says an affectionate, a kind, a loving word to you. Number four, I promise I'll try with this, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm praying God work because I, you know. Anyway, number four is grace-based communication creates a space of safety, right? We all go back to places that we feel safe and secure in. And we all run and flee from places that bombs are being dropped, right? Please continue to pray for the Middle East. We don't want our homes. We don't want our community. We don't want our friendships to be places where bombs are just being dropped and that there's this feeling of uncertainty of what's coming tomorrow, right? The fifth one is that we wanna make sure that our words, even when we're communicating difficult things, that our words are gentle. There's a softness that's there, right? That doesn't make us a pushover. That is simply us saying we wanna make sure that our words are landing with the other person and that this person matters enough to me that I'm going to communicate in a way that they can receive, right? It's not just about getting my point across. That's not communication. Communication is not just making a point. It's being heard and it's hearing the other person. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.